Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today to be here with Kristen Carlisle. Alleman, who is a 2011 graduate of our program and is currently the vice president um, of uh, JP Morgan um, Bank. And so going to be our first banker on the podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you, Kristen, and talk about your path. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super. Uh, I I really am. I really excited about. I I stopped myself from saying super like for five five times in the first minute of the podcast. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's always fun. It's always fun for me to to get a chance to reconnect with with students that um with former students who are now uh you know professionals and and out there in the in the working world. But it, it's so um it's so good to see you and um uh so good to talk to you. And um, I, uh, I'm really excited about everyone getting to hear your story because you you have a, a unique story, and um, uh, I, I look forward to talking about that. So tell us, uh, Kristen, where are you originally from? So I was in Midland, Texas. Um, spent eight to ten years there, and then did middle school and high school in Dallas, Texas. That's right. So you are you are one of. Uh, you know, I remember Kristen when I when I first got to Cal Poly, um, it was like ninety six percent California, and now as we've uh, as as we've gone along, we get more and more students from out of state, and um, and so it's always it's always cool to get that diversity of people from from different areas of the country. And I know you um you have a little bit of a unique story in terms of that. So so tell me what it was like. Um, growing up in um, growing up in Texas what did your what did your parents do so my mom was a my microbiologist in training um, before kind of raising us as children and then my dad was a geologist as well right on right on and so but um, I mean it was yeah it was it was a great experience growing up there um, I feel fortunate that we were kind of prior to you know the discussions around screen time and things like that so growing up there was a, a, a lot of time spent outside obviously a lot of time spent playing sports. Um, but you know, I, Midland was definitely a, a smaller town experience and, um, Dallas was a larger city, which ended up being great at the time as a, a young child, I was not very excited of, of moving to the city, but, right. um, was ultimately a, a great experience and, and great opportunities there. Um, and as well as a great public education too. Very cool. And, um, and you mentioned sports. Uh, I, I know, I know that, I obviously know that you're a student athlete here at Cal Poly. So let's talk about, let's talk about a little bit about that process. You know, you were a, um, you were a pole vaulter and, um, and I I don't know if you remember us talking about, um, uh, my, my friend, um, here in the area, um, we, we have a very rich history of, of, uh, women's pole vaulting in particular at Cal Poly that a lot of people don't know about the very first ever, female NCAA champion in pole vaulting was a Cal Poly, was, was yes. Cal Poly graduate. Yeah. Yes. Um, Bianca uh, Koenig, who is a friend of mine. And, um, and so tell us about what that was like, you know, as a, as a student athlete being recruited and how you ultimately ended up all the way across um, the country here at Cal Poly. Yeah, you're right. It, it definitely was a, a different experience, um, but very fortunate to have have had that opportunity and be able to follow an athletic career out to California and to Cal Poly. Um, you know, that process was one that, that did start kind of within my junior year of high school. 
um, once they're kind of allowed for us to have conversations with coaches and had the opportunity to look at a variety of different schools, really from being in Texas, kind of across the U.S., you know, I'm I'm mainly focused within um, the South as well as kind of far West. I didn't really look too much on the East Coast, but um, took a number of different visits to schools, um, both with Colorado, New Mexico, California, um, throughout that process. And Again, because the track season is, is later in the spring, um, my decision ended up being a, a little bit later, which, which caused some interesting things and in kind of how I ended up finding um, what was RPTA, now the EIM program. Right. Um, and so throughout that process, as an 18-year-old, I was very focused on getting to California. Um, I just, that was my dream. I wanted to, to go out to the West Coast. I wanted to have right. that experience. Um, so my, my first focus was obviously being able to do athletics. The second focus was I really wanted to be in California. I was just very, that was the dream. Um, and so fortunately Cap Poly had contacted me, um, and was able to come out for a recruiting visit in March before my, my freshman year and was sold pretty immediately. I mean, I, (laughs) I loved, I loved the school. Um, I loved the coaches there. You know, they, they really sold me when they told me that we might do surfing as a workout. So that was, uh, definitely (laughs) something unique that they, that they definitely hooked me with, but, um, did they follow up? Did you actually do it? You know, I, I hate to say that in my five years there, we never did a surfing workout, but we did <laughs> plenty of doing. So we did end up doing um, some workouts at the beach. So I can definitely still claim that. Um, there you go. But was a yeah, was a was a great experience and throughout the recruiting and and loved the town um, as well as the academic reputation from Cal Poly too. Right on. That's awesome. So um, with uh, with a a, 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 geolog- a geologist as a dad and um, and your mom um, I'm spacing on what you said you said your mom was a microbiology right so yeah yes. the hard scientists now in your family yeah. what what did they think when you when you told them that you were going into sport management or recreation parks and tourism was there a, was there a bit of a, a a sales job that you had to do there or what was that like no I mean fortunately um, you know, my, my parents have been wonderful and have always been very big advocates um, in giving me advice and support by allowing me to be my own individual and kind of forge my own path. Right. So while their background was in science, they were fully supportive of me, not just going to Cal Poly, but focusing on um, the sport management degree and, and kind of what I wanted to do with my career. So right. um, definitely very fortunate, but they've always given me advice and allowed me to kind of be my own individual and, and encourage me to be multifaceted and that I'm not just an athlete. I can be, you know, a student that can be successful in many different ways and, and have those different parts of my personality. So, um, they've been, they were very supportive of the decision. Okay. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Well, you know, I, um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about your experience here at Cal Poly. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of student athletes struggle with, um, that aspect of what you just talked about, right. Of, of being able to also be a student, um, to, to, or to, to, to raise that student element up in addition to the athlete element. And, um, and so, you know, it is a lot of work, obviously, to to participate in an intercollegiate athletics uh, competition. And so, can you talk a little bit about what it was like trying to build, trying to build up your academic side, and try to trying to engage in that learn by doing while you were here, while also trying to compete at a high level in in NCAA Division One? What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're when I think about my days at Cal Poly, it sometimes is amazing the amount of things that we kind of got crammed into the day where you're starting out with weights at 6am or earlier, rolling into, you know, four hours of classes to roll into four hours of practice 
to then end up in study hall. So Cal Poly was great that, you know, kind of from your freshman year, they're very supportive in providing um, the right amount of skills and study hall and things like that to help you get off on the right foot. Um, right. It definitely can be a little bit of a shock to the system when you, when you step into something like that, where um, you have a rigorous training program as well as um, pretty high academic standards to meet as well. Um, and, and so it, it definitely was a balance. Um, I think it's something that you have to be, you know, I think I, those who, who had the most success, I think we tend to be very perfectionistic type personalities, very type A, high, strong. And so while mm -hmm. some of that can be a, a little exhausting, um, I think sometimes that anxiety does allow you to really balance different things and, and be able to schedule your day in a way that you're ensuring that you're getting to all of the different pieces and all of the different responsibilities. Right. Well, when I think about when I think about you and your, your time here at Cal Poly and, you know, just look at all the accolades that you got in terms of, um, you know, Dean's List and all academic team and um, and all of those things. I, I think I think you did a, a, a pretty amazing job of, of balancing it. And um, so I just want to say kudos there. You know, one of the things our current students are always interested in is is that path as, as you're leaving Cal Poly. Right. You know, and so, um, and so I want to talk about, um, your, uh, your, your internship, which if I remember correctly was slow blues. Is that, is that right? Aren't you a slow blues alum? It was. Yeah. I am yes. a slow blues alum. Right on. So why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, uh, I, I tell, I tell students that, um, that slow blues is almost like our, our learn by doing, uh, our learn by doing lab, um, for, for sport management. So, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, throughout my time at Cal the other, um, areas that I worked with is I helped put on some of the triathlons and duathlons in the area. So kind All of right. moving towards that sports management focus, um, I had already tried to kind of start getting some experience with the, with events and kind of holding, um, different athletic programs within the slow area. So mm -hmm. then for my internship, I was game day manager for the San Luis Obispo Blues, which was a great experience. Um, I think at the time it was one of my first experience in, in cold calling organizations. It was all right. We were giving other than, than asking for anything in return uh, that as well. And kind of helping run a staff of 20 of my peers um, definitely helpful in, in my navigating um, organizations. I think it was also a great view of watching someone really transform um, an organization. So Adam Stowe, I believe had just come back and, and either purchased the team or just came back as general manager. So I was there at a time where he was really rebuilding the organization, rebuilding the community around it. And so getting to see where I, I think we maybe through halfway through the season around July 4th, he had already doubled the attendance from the previous year. So getting to see that aspect of it as well was really helpful as I kind of moved forward in the sport management career. I was fortunate to be there at a time where um, there was a lot of rebuilding going on. Right on, right on. I, I had, um, I had forgotten that I had, I'd forgotten that transition period, but yeah, absolutely. That must've been pretty eye-opening there. So, you know, you, you had a, um, you had an interim position at, at IMG, um, um, before, uh, mm -hmm. then accepting a position at Stanford university and you got a chance for, 
for um, a little over three years working in um, Stanford's athletics department. And so um, our, our students are always curious about the connections and, and how people find jobs and, and that sort of thing. So um, do you mind um, touching briefly on, um, on your experience at Stanford, how you got, um, how you got that position um, and, and the positions that you, um, that you held there? Um, yeah. And the IMG wasn't from, from how I found Stanford. IMG I found on one of the sports careers website, whereas Stanford was one that I had proactively reached out, identified who was heading for the Stanford athletic department, figured out their email, sent them my resume, asked for some time to come speak with them, um, and was able to time it up to where I was already up in the area and, and could kind of go and have an introductory coffee um, with the, with the head of the marketing department there. So that one, I think was one where I was in kind of owning my own journey and, and proactively reaching out afforded me the opportunity to, to start there as, as game day staff. Um, from there, you know, they, they really love to promote from within. So I was able to move from kind of helping run, um, the, the experience and fan experience of football, basketball, baseball, um, and move into, um, being an in-office staff support. And then finally, my, my last position there was running marketing for men's women's soccer and softball programs, um, which was really a, a creative experience that was, um, you know, they give you, you know, a lot of, of leeway and kind of owning what you want to do as far as marketing plan and fan experience and, and building that out yourself. Um, so that, that I, I love working there. Um, it was very creative. You know, it, it's definitely fun to be within a program where there are so many varsity sports there, um, where they have a ton of history and a ton of success as well. Yeah, of course. And, um, and you, you know, I, um, as you're talking and, and, um, I started thinking about what it must've been like, you know, when you're one of the things that I think for me, at least this was my experience. And I'm curious about, um, whether this was your experience, um, being on a college campus, which is, which is where I ended up, um, you, you kind of, uh, that, that, um, that notion of furthering your education, almost everyone you see and you talk to has an advanced degree, you know, and, and so um, it's almost like it just keeps planting this, this seed in your head of, oh, well, maybe I should consider getting an advanced degree. Yeah. And so I, I know that that was the next step for you, right, in, in getting an, an MBA at Baylor. Um, do you think being on uh, Stanford's campus uh, impacted you along those lines or, or, or it, not? It, it, definitely, it definitely did. And, and frankly, there was um, someone who was um, part of the athletic director program there um, and I think, I believe he was the athletic director over marketing is, is the first one who kind of put the B in my bonnet. Um, <laughs> he was someone who I watched use data and, and things in a way and analytics in a way that I hadn't seen within, within sports and sports marketing in particular before. Mm. And so in talking to him, he had, he had gotten his MBA and it was kind of the first time that I started to get that notion. Um, and then of course, being on campus, you end up interacting with the MBA programs and departments, and obviously Stanford is, is very well renowned. So um, being on campus as well as interacting with that individual definitely started to kind of lead me to think about that that might be the right next step. Um, I loved my job at Stanford, but I was also really intrigued with what you could do with data um, in other avenues within sport that I thought maybe end up somewhere in the finance area of sport or data analytics, um, be that you know, within baseball or something like that. So that was kind of the original thought process and why it really intrigued me to go back to get my, to get my advanced degree. Right. Um, and definitely glad I did it. 
Right. I love that. And so, because we have so many students that, that, that come through now. And I mean, you know, you're talking the early days of, of, uh, of analytics. Um, and I mean, you know, the early days, I mean, <laughs> we're only talking right. like six years ago, but, <laughs> A I decade mean, in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's really, um, it's really quite amazing how sport analytics, um, over the course of the last 10 to 15 years has obviously just exploded with almost every, um, with almost every professional team hiring someone now in analytics, but one of the things that I, I talk to to my um, uh, to, to my sport management students about now is is this realization of understanding that a lot of times we talk about it and we think about it in terms of sport performance. And, and that is important. Don't get me wrong, but the way you just couched it, I think is more important for sport management students, right? Because it is that, that element of marketing and understanding your customers. And, and that relates to, to everyone in our major in terms of the experience industry and understanding data and how it relates to, to customer um, relationship management and how it relates to, to building um to building your mission, whatever that mission might be, right? And so, uh, so I appreciate that reflection a, a great deal. So, um, so you you get your you get your MBA from um, from Baylor, um, and and then you started working for for JP Morgan and have uh, have rose through the ranks. You know, I I joked with Kristen earlier. We um, when I first reached out to her. Um, she had one position and now, um, just within the last, uh, month or so she's been promoted to vice president, JP, JP Morgan. And so, uh, what I I'd love to talk to you about Kristen is, is, um, is that transferability of skills. You know, we, um, when, when we, when we made the move to experience industry management, it was really as an umbrella term to try to cover sport events, uh, hospitality, tourism, you know, we couldn't just list everything. Right. And so experience industry management became like an umbrella term, but an unintended consequence of that is that it's ultimately opened up, um, the, the, the world to us in terms of, of career paths for students, because whether it be a bank or a hospital or a professional sport team or a small community recreation um, organization, everyone is trying to co-create experiences with, with their clients, with their customers, with their employees, with their users, with their, you know, it just keeps going on and on and on. And um, so I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that um, transferability of skills. Now, don't get me wrong. I know your MBA in finance is helping you in the banking world also. Um, but uh, I wonder if that base in management, and that base that you got through um, RPTA has helped you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it may sound like a, a weird kind of 180 degree turn going from sports marketing to going to being a private banker. But I think it, it's incredibly transferable from the idea that, you know, even within banking, you know, our whole focus is on what does the client experience look like, which is the same thing as what I was doing with Stanford. It's it's thinking about from the initial interaction with a client or customer um, on to when you're bringing them on as a fan or as a client within the bank, you know, what does that look like? Um, and how do they experience the firm as well? Because particularly within the banking sector, you know, I am their advocate internally. And so I'm the way that they really experience the firm. So a lot of that, you know, falls onto me 
um, of what the relationship begins, ends, and starts with, um, because I'm really the, the representative of the firm for them. Um, and, and so I think for me, that's where there's been a great intersection between um, the experience industry management program, as well as where I am now, um, is that even from some of the projects we did within class around event planning, there are so many different aspects of experience and we, we do events within JP Morgan. And so right. thinking about how do you curate on a day-to-day basis, what does first class business in a first class way look like? Mm-hmm. And much of that is, is also an interaction and hearing from the clients and what they want to see and how they want it to feel. Right. Um, because we may have great ideas you know, with, within the bank, but most importantly is, is the client's opinion. So I think that's the same thing with, with, with Stanford too. Um, is that we're looking for experiences that that don't just create you know fans for the day, but but lifetime fans. And so right. I think all of it, while it may seem like it's unrelated, it was definitely um, the EIM program was a was a springboard for me and kind of starting out. Um, and and many of the skills have been incredibly transferable. Well, that's uh, you know that's great to hear. And and you know I um I I appreciate your willingness uh, uh, of wanting to come on. You know I um or being willing to come on and, and talk with me because I, I know that there's there's a, a tendency when when students sh- or when former students stray from uh, from our industry to to not feel like they're a part of it anymore. And so that's actually one of the uh, uh one one of my mission one of the missions um, behind this podcast is trying to to help people to understand um, that transferability, right? And, um, you know, I got this, I, I got this idea a, a couple of years ago, because um, I, we, we had a student um, who was working for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And, um, and I did a podcast with him for, for RPTA 160, the sport management podcast. And the next year, I um, uh, I, I played the podcast and one of the students in the class said, well, I looked it up and he no longer works for them. He works for like something Zion bank. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I know what happened. <laughs> Zion bank or whatever bank it is, um, hired him away because Zion bank was one of the sponsors of the Clippers that he was servicing. And so it really is that client relationship building, you know, that, that tends to take place. And so, um, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Right. And so, um, and so that's, that's the, that's the way, the way I look at it. And, um, and so I, I just want to applaud you on your success and I'm really excited, um, uh, about, uh, about you, uh, you, you with your promotion. To, to vice president. Um, I'm sorry to hear it's cold there in Texas right now. Um, but, uh, but I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I wonder what advice you would, you would give, um, to, uh, to students, you know, obviously we're in the middle of a global pandemic and, and we, we've had all of these, these challenges. And, and so I wonder what advice you would give to students who, maybe, you know, a little bit frustrated about the, the experience of having to go out into the world right now and, and, um, and, and having to, to in the middle of a global pandemic. And, you know, I keep hearing from students, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, well, you know, you're going to find something and you're going to find your niche and it might not, it might not be the exact pathway that you envision maybe last year or three years ago. But finding that niche, you, you can find that niche. Um, it doesn't have to be linear. Any advice for students along those exactly. lines? Exactly. I think there's a 
Yeah, there, there's a couple things that I would say. I would say one, you know, trust me, I was the same student who sat there and said, well, they left sport or I thought that I was going to be in sports marketing for my entire career. And obviously it doesn't always work out that way. But I think, you know, any experience like that in, in having a diversified background at this point in time, I think makes you more interesting to employers. Um, you know, I assure you, it's helpful for me to have that kind of background that's a little bit different where I didn't have a business degree. I didn't start in um, banking, you know, as an analyst and move my way up, you know, I was kind of a, not necessarily mid-career, but I, I switched careers, which makes me more interesting, allows me to have better conversations with clients. Um, I think that the the two things that I think are really important for students to keep in mind is one, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you own your journey. Um, and I think the the more proactive you can be and identifying individuals, whether they are within your network, even if you've never met them, you can identify them as someone who might be a center of influence or someone who could help um, with your journey, like reach out and and own it and and take the steps to get to where you want to be. Um, Sometimes that's doing things in the interim that aren't necessarily the your ideal job, but make the connections and reach out to people. So many people are really willing to help um, and, and you're going to get better outcomes if you take a hold of it versus, you know, many times the, the numbers of applications to a black box is really challenging to get through. And so the more you can utilize your network or build your network proactively, I th- the better the better your career path can become. And I think the other thing I would say too is, is say yes. Um, and what I mean by that is, is throughout my career, there's so many times where I probably either was scared to take an opportunity or had no idea what private banking was um, and just kind of you know allowed myself to just say yes and go into something where I, I may not have a bunch of visibility into, may not know exactly what it was, which will have ended up being my my career um, in really the, the right spot and the right role for me long-term. So I think those are the biggest things that, that I would say is be proactive and, and when opportunities come, you know, say yes, don't, don't have a lot of fear or hesitation there. Right. I love it. That is so great. Well, such great advice. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. I, um, I, uh, I love, I love your story. I think it's such a great story. And, um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you've, you've pole vaulted to the top there. I, uh, so, so <laughs> I, I had to work that in, you know, somehow, of course. Uh, but, uh, but we would love to, we would love to have you, um, anytime out here in slow to get that surfing session in and, uh, and um i got plenty of surfing it just wasn't oh you did you did you end up becoming a surfer (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome to hear i did you you can't see it in my office right now but i still have the board i made at the cal poly craft center i believe it was i did the surfboard making class and i still have it in my house it's not Uh, getting much use in texas but there's another plug for i mean cal poly just has such amazing programs so right Right. Well, it can be wall art. I love it. I, I love that it's wall art. And it reminds you of your time in um in San Luis Obispo. And you know you're welcome here in, in slow anytime. Don't be a stranger. So um thank you so much, Kristen. We really appreciate it. Of course. It's great chatting. Awesome.